All eyes today are on the RBA's first cash rate decision for 2024, and the first with a new two-day board meeting, a new forecast, and a full news conference, all from 2.30 this afternoon, Sydney, Melbourne time. Overnight, markets were pushed even further back into line by the Fed, which remains more cautious about when it will cut. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, goes deep inside the US economy to find out just why it's been so resilient and why the Fed is resisting market calls for early rate cuts. The FOMC is just worried that is this recent creep up we've seen in services inflation next shelter associated with losing financial conditions. They just need to watch that to get comfortable. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, US Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has pushed back strongly again overnight at market expectations of early cuts in the Fed funds rate. That has driven up US Treasury bond yields by between 9 and 13 basis points, and expectations of a cut in March have dropped to under 20%. They were over 60% as recently as a week ago. Attention is now switching to the next Fed meeting in May, with expectations of a first cut there being just over 75%. Chair Powell gave an interview to CBS 60 Minutes, where he was again cautious about cutting too early. We have a strong economy. The growth is going on at a, at a, at a solid pace. The labour market is strong, 3.7% unemployment. With the economy strong like that, we, we feel like we can approach the question of when to begin to uh, reduce interest rates carefully. And we, you know, we want to see more evidence that inflation is moving sustainably down to 2%. We have some confidence in that. Our confidence is rising. We just want some more confidence before we take that very important step of beginning to, to cut interest rates. Number two, that caution is forcing financial markets to unwind their bets on lower US interest rates, which typically makes stocks more attractive and the US dollar less attractive. So when expectations of US interest rates rise, US stocks often fall and the dollar rises. As of 5am Sydney Melbourne time, the US two-year yield was up 9 basis points to 4.46% and the 10-year up 13 points at 4.16%. That pushed the US dollar up against the Aussie in particular and the Kiwi. The Aussie was down at 64.81 US cents at 5am from 66 cents as recently as Friday night. The Kiwi is at 60.51 US cents, down a cent from Friday. ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, says there may be more adjustment upwards to come in the market's view of where interest rates go. We had a huge rally in bond markets, we had a huge rally in equity markets, and it was all really precipitated on the view that the FOMC could be in the position to cut interest rates as early as March of this year. We've always been sceptical of that view. We've thought that a mid-year cut uh, June, July would be more appropriate. That gives the Fed time to really assess the improvement in inflation. Number three, the Aussie dollar has been the biggest faller against the US dollar over the last couple of days. ANZ's head of FX research, Marja Benzaman, has noticed how the Aussie dollar often weakens going into an RBA rates decision. There are a few things that are driving the Aussie dollar lower. One is obviously the stronger US dollar on US exceptionalism in terms of the economic story. Um, second is, of course, we tend to also see a little bit of a weakness ahead of RBA meetings, as we have noticed in, in this um, rate cycle over the last year, that you know Aussie tends to be softer as we move into the RBA day. And that's exactly the trend we are seeing. 
Number four, ANZ's head of Australian research, Adam Boyton, will be busy today with the RBA's rates decision and the new forecasts. He has some pointers on where to look first. So the first thing is obviously the rates decision, cash rate on hold at 4.35. Focus will then go to the final paragraph of the post-meeting statement. Is there a tightening bias there or not? And then people will jump very quickly to what's the endpoint inflation forecast. I think they will still have a tightening bias. They'll probably need to water it down. But I am still expecting a bit of a tightening bias there in the statement. And I think the most important forecast for people to go looking for will be what's the endpoint inflation forecast. And there, I think it's far enough now into the future that they can forecast inflation coming back to 2.5%. The market will probably interpret that latter forecast as a, a bit of a dovish signal. Number five. And finally in Australia, job ads rose again in the ANZ Indeed series in January. They're now up 2.3% in those two months of December and January. ANZ Australia economist Maddie Dunk says that robustness in recent months points to just how resilient the labour market has been. We know that even though there is more slack coming in, things are still pretty tight. You look at businesses, businesses are still calling out for workers. Around 80% of businesses say that labour is a key constraint on their output at the moment. And it just highlights that it is going to be a long time before we see that supply-demand mismatch actually align. Maddie Dunk there. Now, in our deep dive interview, ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, has just returned to London from a week in New York, and he has a few insights on that remarkably resilient US economy. Why is um, US growth so strong? It, it looks even as if it won't even be a soft landing, it'll be a no landing. What, what do you think's going on here after the you know fastest, biggest rate hikes in a generation? I think one of the big things we've got is a shift in fiscal policy. Prior to the pandemic, the overriding tone of fiscal policy was debt sustainability and austerity. Now it's about really readying the economy for the 21st century. So investing strongly in getting the labour force trained to be back productive uh, for the coming challenges uh, of climate, um, of digitalisation, of electrification. So fiscal policy is very expansionary. Tax cuts uh, continue to feed through there's infrastructure expenditure, there's the climate support through the Inflation Reduction Act, and there's also onshoring, and there's the CHIPS Act. And industrial policy in the United States is very supportive of what we call crowding in investment and supporting growth. The labour market is also very strong. Wealth gains have been very strong. Household balance sheets are very strong. House prices haven't collapsed, despite the fact that interest rates have gone up very sharply. The level of excess savings from the pandemic is still supporting consumption. So there's a whole raft of factors that are keeping economic growth strong. Do you think, though, that the the goods uh, disinflation and deflation uh, may be different or separate from what's happening with services inflation, i.e. is the jury in yet on services inflation? If we could just look at the goods uh, inflation first. Um, what I do my analysis of the PCE deflator, I break it down into goods, services, shelter, services, ex-shelter, all those various different buckets to try and get a view of what's going on in the various different cohorts. Goods inflation is in the lowest 1% of 
when you look at it on a six-month annualized basis. It's in the lowest 1% of readings since the series began back in 1959. When you look at services inflation, that actually seems to have bottomed, and this is services inflation excluding shelter I'm talking about, that seems to have based in August and it's actually been coming back up since. So I think the Fed is saying to itself, well, look, on the balance of probabilities, this weak goods inflation is unlikely to continue at the pace that it's at. And I think the reason it's so weak is because there's a hangover from the, the pandemic in the goods market. Take, for example, the huge overstocking we had in the manufacturing sector, uh, the huge accumulation of second-hand cars by dealers, etc. All those have to be cleared. As far as the services sector is concerned, we did see inflation decelerate, and that was very closely associated with the tightening we had in financial conditions. But financial conditions have eased recently, and inflation is beginning to pick up a little bit. The FOMC is just worried that is this recent creep-up we've seen in services inflation next shelter associated with looser financial conditions. They just need to watch that to get comfortable. I think in year-on-year terms, yes, we will see continued progress in inflation coming down this year. But how quickly and how sustainably it comes down is a different question. And the FOMC needs to get really comfortable with that before it can begin to cut interest rates. Brian Martin there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, February the 6th. Catch you tomorrow with a close review of the RBA's decision due at 2.30 Sydney Melbourne time today. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.